Welcome to Confessions of an Actress. Today is a very special episode for me because I have my mom who just had a birthday this week as my guest. I'm so excited to have her on my podcast. Finally, it's taken um, longer to get her on my podcast than some of the celebrities. I'm not going to lie, but uh, it's great to um, be able to talk to her today. So hi, mom. Hi, Mare, <laughs> or Munchkin, as we used to call you. I expect this fully to be an, uh, an embarrassing episode because I'm sure um, my nickname is Munchkin and my family calls me Mary and I love all of it. So it's not embarrassing to me, but um, you can try, Mom. Well, I hope it's not embarrassing, but <laughs> I'll be as honest as I can be. I, I hope so. Um, but I wanted to start, uh, you know, this is going to be a different episode because I'm not really talking to someone who is a quote unquote actress, although uh, I definitely have seen you act in many, um, in many respects, maybe not professionally, but you should have got paid. Um, my, my mom um, is, is an incredible person who juggled so much in my life, but I don't want to start with my life. I want to start with yours. And I want to go all the way back to your love of, um, of performing because most of us who are artists in this industry have a parent who uh, had the same love. So take me all the way back to when you started or when you knew that you loved music and all, all of your influences. Hmm. Well, I, I think I probably was born with it because um, I, I always loved uh, music and uh, dance and uh, poetry, um, all of that from the time that I was so young, I don't even remember. Um, I took dance lessons when I was four or five, uh, tap lessons, and um, sadly, my mother... Um, didn't continue my lessons because she thought I should practice more than I did. And I, that was one of the reasons I, I never really uh, pushed you, Mary, to practice um, because you love dance. It was obvious. And the only time I ever insisted that you practice was when we were having a recital. Yeah. And um, I, I learned your, your routine and then we danced. Uh, together. Oh yeah, it's so funny because I knew I knew in talking to you about all this stuff, there's going to be lots of memories that come up that I that I've maybe have just forgotten in my in my old age. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, no, I knew I remember you, and I remember Grandma when she was alive, talking about how you wanted to be um, a dancer. And I don't know if she really understood that love, or maybe she just got frustrated because you didn't practice, but maybe you didn't need to practice. I mean. No, I don't think she really understood it at all. But um, she had, um, she had her own love of, uh, of theater and um, uh, musical theater. Yeah. And I think I did pick up some of that from her. I remember just falling in love with singing in the rain. It was just, uh, I could I could watch it over and over and over again. And you were um, when that movie came out. No, you were younger than that. Uh, was it 1955 when that movie came out? It was in the 50s, I think. Yeah, I I really I would have to Google it, you know, and and uh, did she see. go 
take you, did she take you to the movies to see that in the theater? You know, I don't, uh, I don't remember whether, uh, whether we did or not. Um, because back in, I mean, <clears throat> back in the days when the movies came out, there was no like streaming and Netflix and waiting for it to be on TV. No, no. Go to no, but my mom, my mom was, because my father was ill, my mom had to work two jobs. Yeah. So she was constantly working. And then when she wasn't working, she was trying to sleep. So I, she didn't really uh, take us too many places. I mean, we, yeah. uh, we would hop the city bus and go down to the theater and uh, when they had double features. And, you know, we w would spend the afternoon there uh, just with the old um, Elvis musicals and Pat Boone musicals. Um, just um, any, anything to um, to be watching something that would make you happy, take you away a little yeah. bit. Yeah. It's so funny to think like that kids could go down to the movie theaters without their parents and, and sit and watch a double feature all day. I mean, that's, that's mm -hmm. generation. Those stories are all, you know, happen all the time. And yeah. the fact that it was the golden age of Hollywood. It was really when all those musicals were on film and, and all of your idols were on film. And so you could go and see um, Singing in the Rain and Fred and Ginger and Elvis and Pat Boone, like you said, and, um, you know, uh, go and watch all those movies. And I know that you love them because you brought me up with those. Mm -hmm. And I used to, I mean, we, we finally got a television when I was six and then we could watch all of the, the old, um, the old, old musicals from the 30s with Ann Miller and, and Ginger Rogers. And um, uh, I, I just, those were my babysitters after school was to, um, to watch the movies. And what's so funny, it's so funny because, you know, you talk about like the influences of your parents and, you know, I mm. grandma loved theater because she was such a supporter of mine um, and came to see everything I did. And um, and I know that like, you know, uh, you have, have just, you light up whenever I see you watch a, mo a movie musical and it's like, it's a connection to your childhood. And it's, it's one of those things that I talk about in this podcast and in the entertainment industry, how you never know how your performance is going to influence somebody's life, somebody's joy, or take them away from whatever's going on in the world. And that's what it did for you. Yeah, well, it's like, um, I mean, I hope artists do believe that, uh, that what they do for the audience, because it's like uh, Joe DiMaggio said when he was playing baseball, he said he always played his hardest because there was always that one child there that had never seen him before. Yeah, yeah. And the, you know, and, and it's, you know, you, you dance for the people who, this is their first show. This is their first experience. And it does change lives. And I think it's something that, um, you know, I, I had mentioned on this podcast many times, the escapism and God, do we ever need that now? Um, we need artists. We need people to help. Oh, so much. Yeah. But in, but in your, in your time, you know, in growing up, you know, you, it, I, I find, and this is not even, you're not even, not even a question for just you as my mom, but your generation has gone through so much 
um, that you needed escapism for and that comfort of uh, movie musicals and, and the innocence of it really and the dancing and the singing and the acting, which some people think is cheesy. Singing in the Rain is a perfect example. It was my favorite musical mm -hmm. kid. And I know that you had that, that VHS tape on, on loop for me to watch. Um, but I know that, you know, it, it's one of those things that I, that I know that you've said from the time you were a kid that you wanted to be um, a dancer, be a performer. And I do remember dancing with you as a kid. And I, Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I finally got to take some of the dancing classes that I, I wanted to take when I was an adult, but um, I realized I was not, uh, it was more complicated for me as an adult um, than it would have been as a child, I think. Um, but you have I, natural ability. I really do believe, and people who know me as a dancer in the business, I do believe that I got that from you. No offense, mm. to, no offense to dad. <laughs> I believe that I got that grace from you because I remember, I remember dancing with you, but I also remember you taking your own classes at Concord Young World School of Dance. Mm -hmm. Also, you took hula dancing. You did belly dancing. I did. I did. That was, oh yeah, the belly dancing was really fun. And you, um, you did all that, you said to, to you know, get your, your, your core back in shape. And you've always, I mean, honestly, you're a mom when, when I think back to the Jane Fonda that you did, and you always were really athletic and always really aware of your body. And so you already had this kind of dancer thing in you. Maybe you didn't get the training as a as a um, as a young kid, which you know how much training I had. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I think you absolutely could have been a professional dancer had you had the support that you gave me. Mm. Well, yeah. I mean, um, uh, I I don't even know what to say. I I've, I one of my favorite movies was uh, West Side Story. Also, was just. Um, watched it over and over and over again. And I mean, it, the old West Side Story seems kind of cheesy now, um, but um, it, was, um, it was amazing to me at the time when I was, I was in high school then. So, and I, you know, I, I always, no matter how, I always was fighting my weight and overweight and whatever, but no matter how heavy I was, I was always very light on my feet. Yeah, and um, I auditioned for my high school musical, and everybody was kind of rolling their eyes, like, "Oh yeah, right, she's like she's going to make it." And I, I did. I was part of the chorus line because I, I could kick my leg, uh, leg up. I could do a twirl. I could do anything with my, you know, heavy thighs, as uh, everybody would say, but. You, you know, and I, and I never was. Um, you were not. You were not as heavy as you thought. I'm just. Uh, well, I, you know, I I think that there was something in me that that really loved being a performer, because when I was on stage, I was never scared. I probably should have been, but I I on stage. I never had a stage fright. Oh. Um, when like when we performed the uh, our high school musical, or when I was in orchestra. And you know we had an audience, or when I was uh, the leader in Girl Scouts, and I had to get up on stage and talk to an audience, I always felt very comfortable in front of an audience. 
And um, so maybe there was something in my soul that, um, you know, that I could have been a performer. It's why, it's why, mom, I think that you and I have our love of Gypsy. That show is one of our favorite shows because- Oh my gosh. Yes, I forgot. That is true. <laughs> I think that you are- <laughs> are a mama rose without the mean part of you because yeah well (laughs) no okay so my mom is german and and you know catholic and has that strict way with a mean never with a mean um because i've heard some stories trust me from some some people who are performers with their moms who are stage mothers but you you really came at it from a love of what i was doing and a connection to it and i know that, you know, whenever you, it's like me, like you watch that Mama Rose, Rose's turn when she's at the end and she's like, I could have been something. And it just, you know, it breaks you up because it, it, you can feel what that feels like. And you never reach the heights that you wanted to reach. But I got to tell you, mom, a lot of people who, and you know this, having watched me go through the business for 20 years or really 30 years of doing competitive dance and all that stuff. It is, it is a hard business to mentally deal with. And I know how sensitive most artists are, which you are. Um, I think you are born with it. I think you, it's not something that you choose. I think that you, regardless of whether you ever did it professionally, you are an artist, you are a dancer, you are a performer. You yeah. have that in you no matter what. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad you brought up Gypsy because um, I I have identified with uh, with Mama Rose in my life. Sorry, you're making me cry now. Oh, mom. Okay, <laughs> my audience has to know that my mom is probably one of the most amazingly good-hearted people and and sensitive in a way that is not a negative thing. Because I know people sometimes tell her or tell you, mom, that that you're. Um, crying at the drop of a hat is a bad thing, but I love it. And that's where I talk about the, the artists who are in this business are, they, they can access their emotions at the drop of a hat. So talking about your love of performing and talking about your um, chances missed, maybe that's, that's, you know, that's welcome to the, welcome to the business mom. Welcome to the, yeah, well, you know, and, and I always somewhere inside of me thought that I, you know, could be a, um, a fairly decent actress because, um, yes, I can, uh, if, if, uh, a director needed me to have real tears and cry, um, I can go into my head and just start bawling. Yeah. So, and it's a, that's, that's something that, that always been able to do but on a more positive note you know for my audience who doesn't know my mom ran her own business for 30 years is it 30 years mom 35 five years 35 years yeah 35 she ran her own business out of our home um she is you know uh, an entrepreneur and always was um multitasking with four kids you know i'm the youngest of four and and literally was at every every dance recital for me, every Blue Devils performance for, I mean, it just was mind boggling um, how, how you could juggle all of that. But I would see her 
I would see you mom, like get so mad or so emotional about something. And then a client would come in or a client would call on the phone and you would go, uh, uh, hello. <laughs> uh, yeah. Completely. No, very true. And, and there were, there were times, uh, when I was working, I mean, I can't believe I worked until I was 72. Yeah. I didn't retire until I was 72. She just turned and, this week. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 75. Hooray. Hooray. Um, <laughs> But um, there were times that I was in uh, really bad physical pain, yeah. and, but nobody ever knew it because um, I, didn't, I didn't let them know. I mean, I acted my way through it. Yeah. Um, to, but like, I, I think I would, would have been a little too yeah. sensitive for the business. Yeah. I have a real uh, romantic idea of Broadway and, uh, and of the business. And, and as you know, uh, having been in it for so long, the business can be very cutthroat. Yeah. Um, there are people who step on other people's backs to get where they are. Mm -hmm. And um, there, are, there are things that are just not fair. And you expect, you expect to be able to get to a decent place by your talent. Yeah. But uh, it isn't always work that way. And I still get angry about how badly you were treated in some of the days in the beginning when you were in 42nd Street and, um, yeah. you know, and how all of that went. Um, I don't know if I should tell it now or if... Tell it because it's going to... If, if one of these days I should tell you, but when, um, when yeah. uh, they had these Broadway chats and Broadway.com, and people who um, uh, would uh, would write about different stars yeah. on Broadway, and um, Talk I, I went into some of those chat rooms. Yeah, it was called Talkin' Broadway, and all that chat, and it was really yeah. So and I think yeah. I think I might have been responsible for taking it down because um, I, I went in there and I identified myself as two or three different characters, and one of my characters was a Kate Levering fan and one of my characters was a Meredith Patterson fan and we were fighting back and forth about who was the best dancer and the best person and I also wrote letter after letter after letter to the uh, Tony people to uh, recognize that replacements have just as much if not more talent as the person who was cast and um, I think they I think they do give a Tony now for replacements, but they don't have a Tony for replacements, but that, that is the mama Rose in you. You will. Oh yeah. I was, I was fighting tooth and nail, uh, to, um, to let people know what a wonderful performer you were yeah. and are. Yes. And I remember that. And I, that, that, I do remember you doing that. And I do remember, um, you know, I, I'm glad that there wasn't, I don't know if I'm glad, but I, it, it would have been harder if there was so media during that time, because I know that there, um, you were talking about how sensitive you are and how I, 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 I share that sensitivity, but having been in the business for as long as I've been, I've learned to callous my mind and callous my sensitivity a little bit because of the fact that people are, people are mean. People are harsh, and now there's a platform for that with social media and, and Twitter and all, and you know, Facebook and all that stuff. But I think, Mom, in in all of the, and I, I bet you any, 
I bet you anything, there's people who are listening to this who are, are artists who are shaking their head or nodding, not shaking their head, but nodding at you, saying that you're too sensitive for the business because most of us are. It's really hard because you have to be so sensitive that you can access your emotions, but then you have to be so uh, thick skinned that you can deal with the immense amount of rejection. Yeah, yeah. As a parent of an artist, and also one yourself, you've experienced that with me, not even professionally before that. You've experienced my teacher telling me I'd never be a singer to my face. Oh, that yeah. still pisses me off. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. But who has the last laugh? I but I thought, I thought of that uh, time when uh, uh, I was just fighting for you to get a solo and it just wasn't fair and um and your you know your um instructor said you didn't have the vo voice for solo work and I was like I just wanted to choke her and then I listened to Billy your your youngest one um singing that solo of his own with that sweet little voice mm -hmm. and it it just brought me back to when you did that too yeah and it's easy for people to and I'm glad you didn't let her squash my my hopes and my dreams and my want and all mm -hmm. because that's what I feel like as a parent of an artist, you have to really protect them because people have opinions and a lot of a lot of the entertainment industry is based on opinions. Yes, there is a clear cut talent that you have to have, but there's people who um especially when you're a child, you don't know what this person's gonna do. You have no idea what they're gonna become. You have no idea what your your words can do to them, mm -hmm. you know. And and going back to sensitivity, we are sensitive, you know. Yes, yes. I mean, you you have to be sensitive, I think, to be an artist, um, yes. and and yet it makes you so so vulnerable. I mean, it's it's kind of no wonder. I mean, and I'm glad you never fell into the trap of of becoming an alcoholic or a drug addict or whatever because <laughs> of so much rejection that there are so many, um, so many artists who do fall into that trap. I laugh, um, I laugh because of the, the fact that um, I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's just, I, I really do believe that that is, um, that is a, an, 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 in no way, shape or form an easy trap to fall into, but it is an addictive, um, you are an addict and, and, and a lot of people who are sensitive, they need to numb that away. And I am actually, my addiction is working. And I, you know, I, you know, from being, being there that I worked myself into getting the shingles when I was 14. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That's and some, sometimes I wonder if I made a mistake not to have allowed you to go to the performing arts high school in San Francisco it just didn't seem something that I could could handle getting you there. Yeah. And then and then there was the the modeling offer to go to Japan, and I was like, no, I don't I don't want you getting into that uh, that kind of a world um, where you have to be anorexic and worry about you know keeping your weight down and yeah. Um, you know, you that. I had a couple girls in my dance competition group who were hospitalized for anorexia. And I don't, I, you know, I think that you and dad, um, with me, 
you made the best decisions and the best choices to protect me. And yes, I, re I do know people who went to performing arts high schools and I desperately wanted to go, but I also know that you had to think about yourself and your business and your three other kids. It wasn't just me. And I know that, um, you know, you never know what would have been if you had done some things and that's, you know, God, all of us who are in the entertainment industry, it's like, Oh, if I had done better on that audition or if I got that part, what would have happened? And it's that mm -hmm. should have thing because there's no real blueprint, especially for parents for doing this business. You, you just have to, I mean, especially with you, I remember you looking in the yellow pages to try to figure out where to, where to have me go um, training wise and you found Lois and you found right isn't, isn't that right you looked in the oh yeah yeah the performing arts academy in Alamo and I mean I, sometimes I I think back about uh, uh, everything that I did and I really don't understand how I did it I mean there were uh, I had to drive you out to, uh, to ballet class with Lois when I was still working and I would pile all the daycare kids in the van and we would drive out there and I would tell them that, you know, this is the, the 45 minutes you have to be on your very, very best behavior and you can't make any noise. And I brought, you know, crayons and coloring books and the kids were the absolute best. And then we would all pile back in the car and I would drive hell bent for leather over, uh, over to Concord Young World where you could take a tap class. And I mean, it was just I changed. I remember changing in the car when in you, the back of the car van. Yeah. Oh, mom. I remember in the van uh, you put, you actually, you, this is when I was older, you picked me up at school and I would change into my leotard in the front seat with a, with, we would put like my jacket up and hang it up through the window and like, yeah. No, so the kids couldn't see me because I didn't say before, but you ran a daycare. You ran daycare for thirty-five years, and so there were uh -huh. all these kids, these these yo these younger kids that were, you know, and that now they're all older, and now they all they have their own memories of. I'm sure they're going to listen to this podcast and have their own memories of me. <laughs> you bringing me to Dance Connection, bringing me to Performing Arts Academy, bringing me to the theater, and yeah, yeah. younger brothers and sisters who were just having to deal with it and there was no internet there was no ipads there was nothing no and i you know i i felt committed to support you in any way i could because i wasn't supported as a child i know mom and you did and i you know it's i can't cry too <laughs> that's not gonna work <laughs> but yeah. but um but you know, my mom and I are very similar with that. I get, I get choked up. She gets choked up, but I love, I love you and dad for what you did for me. Yeah. You yeah. did everything. You did everything a parent should do for a, a, a dancer, singer, and an actor. You, you bought so many point shoes for me. You drove all the way to San Francisco to get these specific point shoes that wouldn't kill my feet because I have really high arches. I mean, mm -hmm. down to the, down to every single thing, down to being there and dancing with me. We did a, um, we did a talent show on a cruise ship together and my mom got up and we danced together. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. That was fun. <laughs> I mean, we, we had, 
we always had music and and dance in the house too it wasn't ever was a chore but i also was the type of daughter and artist that was dragging you to the car you know i was i was very very ambitious and I, you know, you never, you never berated me for that. You never, you, you actually, you almost tried to slow me down. And I, well, I did. And, and it, it was, it was difficult sometimes to, um, uh, to go against your uh, tremendous drive to want to drop out of high school and just go into the business. We did. Um, we did. And I, that I said I I at 13 was ready to quit I wanted to be homeschooled I wanted to I hated school I wanted to just focus my whole life and I tell the kids now when I do master classes you know it's not 90% business 10% life you need to have a experience and be a kid and I and I thank you for that and dad for that because I really I wanted to go full force all the way as soon as I could and it was oh yeah once you did Cinderella and you got that first taste of uh, of live theater, you were ready to go. You were just... If this would have moved to New York, I would have been, I would have gone full force into the business. Never graduated high school, and I I don't know if you remember this, but I used to I used to say, Sammy Davis Jr. never graduated high school. Why can't I be on the vaudeville circuit? Like I wanted to be mm. Baby June. Yeah. I, well, you know, if we had lived in New Jersey like Nancy does, um, uh, and we were that close to to Broadway, you probably would have been on stage as a child. I mean, you would have been in like uh, Annie or uh, any of those sh- shows where you know uh, children are in. Yeah. And just like grown up in the theater. And house, um, and this is where I. This is where for all the parents out there who don't understand a kid who has this kind of ambition, there's not, nobody was driving me to do this. Nobody was telling me to do this. No one was forcing me at all. I did all of it. I wanted all of it. And it was born in me. I mean, I remember as a kid looking in the mirror being like, no one else feels the way I feel about this. Because I was in a small town in California. I wasn't around kids who were theater kids. So when I moved to New York at, at 18 years old, I remember finally taking a deep breath and being like, oh my God, these are my people. Yeah, yeah. With Lois, I think Lois recognized that in me. Um, oh, she did. She did. She was the one that, that you found in the Yellow Pages performing. And she was so hard on you uh, in ballet and she picked on you so much that you were getting discouraged and you wanted to, to quit. quit. Yeah, I did want to quit. And you yeah. sat there and again, you could have let me quit. You could have absolutely let me quit, mm. but you also instilled in me to finish my commitment, finish what I started. You also recognized that I loved it and you went to Lois and Lois who's still in my life and I love her and still in our lives and she with her big eyes and she's only 4'11 and she just looked at looked up at us and was like, oh no, I think she's so talented. That's why I'm so hard on her. Yeah, I, I had a meeting with her and I told her, I said, Mary's getting really discouraged and she's uh, she wants to quit ballet. And Lois's eyes got twice as big and she's got big eyes anyway. <laughs> and um, and she said, oh my gosh, the, the only reason I'm so hard on her is because she's got the talent to make it. And And I said, well, <laughs> maybe, you know, compliment her once in a while or something. She's, she's 
feeling a bit discouraged. So but she's a New York dancer as well. So she knows that, and this is what I've told her many times when I got to New York, um, that training she gave me prepared me for those harsh choreographers who don't compliment you. You know, I, I don't, Susan Stroman doesn't just compliment you out of the blue. Neither does Randy Skinner. If you get a compliment from those people, you know that you're good. And it's, it's something that later on, you know, in hindsight, she really was, was that New York influence that I needed to be successful in New York and not give up and not, you know, whine and cry when somebody is, is critiquing you and mm -hmm. answer mentality that even in going into TV and film, you know, with, with the, the directors and everything, they're like, you're not, you're not just an actress. You have this discipline in you. And it's, it's, it, you know, it comes from that. It comes from Lois. It comes from you and dad and your guys's discipline and, and all of that. And when I, what I've always complimented you on mom you and dad is that you never let me quit. Oh yeah. Well, um, we had a philosophy that when you start something, you need to finish it. Yeah. And uh, there are so many parents who, who don't do that with their kids. If they, they get halfway through the baseball season and they go, I'm, you know, I, uh, I don't like this or, you know, I don't want to play anymore. And they let them quit. And that's, um, there's there's too many people who think that uh, they're supposed to be happy and entertained all the time. That's not how life is, you know. To be successful, you have to persevere uh, through the good times and the bad times. And um, you know, this uh, everybody gets a trophy generation is just ridiculous. There are too many. There are more losers in life than there are winners, and you have to learn. How to be a good loser you have to learn how to to stand up and say i i did the very best i could even though we didn't win i mean um, and that's something that i'm so thankful you guys have that uh, that's what i'm you know destin and i are instilling in our boys and um that's something that you guys instilled in us because i did do competitive dance before i even went off to new york to do you know competitive auditions with dancers in new york who will kick mm -hmm. you if you're in, you know, if you're in their way, but I, yeah. remember, you know, doing, um, I think it was the world dance competition, but it was something where I was doing uh, a lyrical jazz. It might've been showstoppers, but I forgot my choreography in the middle. Um, and I, I think you forgot it from the beginning. You, there was, <laughs> you just kind of blanked out because I was standing next to Stacy. My teacher. And, we, and we, we were watching you and all of a sudden she said, Oh my God, what is she doing? And I said, what do you mean? Because you, you were dancing beautifully. And I thought, wow, you are just killing it, girl. And Stacy said, that's not the choreography. She's making it up on stage uh, as she goes along. And I was like, that's when you know you're a true professional. You did not let the audience know that you didn't know what the hell you were doing. Yeah, I, I just kept going. I didn't quit. I didn't stop. I didn't pout. I didn't ask if I could start again. I just kept... You didn't panic or cry or sweat or anything. And I think you came in fourth place. And I thought, geez, you know, maybe if you had remembered your choreography, you might have come in higher. But I mean, to, to come in fourth, fourth place in a state competition, uh, making up your choreography as you go along, I mean, that's a trophy in itself. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, you know, it's, 
that's that's part of the lesson I think of um and I, I do remember that. I do remember like in my head I was saying, Oh crap, I totally am messing up, but but I wouldn't didn't let it show because that's no, not at all. Live performers do. Mm-hmm. But um I forgot to ask you about this, Mom, and this is it's one like of like the show must go on. Okay, yeah. What were you gonna say? I said that one of the one of my favorite things, and I never really got this true story of of you, uh the only professional dance gig that you ever did uh was in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in go-go boots? In a go-go club. Oh God, you're I can you talk you're, you're now father. Um <laughs> I just uh they had a an audition and an opening for um a, a go-go dancer at this club down in Little Italy. Uh it was across the street from uh the Catholic church in a park and whatever. It was across from a Catholic church. Mom. Oh yeah. So I thought, well, you know, I'm safe. I mean, it, it, it's in the, it was in little Italy. <laughs> and um, I just remember, you know, the short skirts and the, and the white go-go boots and um, um, but you're, you, you had to dance in a cage up, uh, you know, up on the stage. Yeah. And uh, when your dad was on tour with, uh, with his band and, uh, when I told him that I got a job and I was dancing down in um, in Little Italy, um, uh, North Beach, uh, which is a crazy place in San Francisco, he just freaked out, and I was, you know, I, I was very timid, and and uh, he didn't want me to go there anymore because I he didn't feel it was safe for me, and so I quit. But How yeah, that that was my one and only um, on stage. Um, performance. I think it was only one night. I was a one night stand. <laughs> what year was that and how old were you when you did that? Oh my goodness. Let's see. It was 1965 um, was when I went to uh, San Francisco State. Okay. So you were... um, I was living in San Francisco. Yeah. Oh my God. And you wore go-go boots and you were in a cage. Yeah. Just... Yeah. They were like a knee, knee high white uh, boots. Knee-high white boots. Mm -hmm. I wish that there was social media back then because I wish I had video. Of oh, God. I'm glad there wasn't. I swear I'm glad there wasn't. <laughs> um, but I think, um, I think that's when I, got, I, I quit and got my job at uh, Chicken Delight. And I was um, working the cash register selling the beginning of uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. It was called Chicken Delight. And we used to have deliveries and we used to have yellow uh, Volkswagen bugs with a rubber chicken on the top. Oh my. And yeah. And the delivery guys would, uh, would drive those to deliver the food to people's houses. It was like the first time that anybody had ever done that. It was a brand new thing. To, now it's like, you know, to, to deliver stuff to people's houses, deliver dinner. Yeah. They would order dinner and then, um, the guys would pick it up at the store and and deliver it um, in their little yellow Volkswagen bug with a rubber chicken on the top. <laughs> Did you work? You worked behind the counter. Did you? Yeah, I worked behind the counter. Um, also did dishes. I mean, I was. It was a small um, restaurant that was about three blocks from where I was living. Didn't you have a chicken on your head or something? Um. No, I, I remember that the the um, the apron I had to wear was yellow, um, which is not my favorite color, and um, 
when your dad finally came home from uh, his tour with the the band, um, I used to sneak free dinners to him, not charge him for it, and I got in trouble for that. <laughs> See, this is what's funny, Mom, is that you and and I'm going to interview Dad next week. Um, but my dad, you know, is a musician with uh, a band and was on tour, and you were home doing some side gigs, trying to dance, go-go dancing and working at a chicken place. You guys are an artist marriage because you know, having witnessed me and Dustin as, as artists, like you do side jobs, you try to, you know, you go on tour and while you're mm-hmm. or you try to make money and all those things that, um, you know, you guys, when you, when you first started out and dad used to do weekend gigs and you'd watch the kids and mm-hmm. yeah, you just do lots of stuff to survive. So, so- I mean, in, in, I guess in giving advice to parents that are out there of artists who want to do this as an, as a business and, or you just, you know, you see something in your kid and your kid is pulling you to the car. Like, what would you say to them? What would you, what advice would you give to them? Well, what I would say is for parents to support whatever your child is, is passionate of. Um, because you never know where that's going to take them. I mean, we were, your dad and I were just watching a show the other day um, about a teenager who is, he's only 16 years old, and he, all he ever wanted to do was play video games. He was stuck in his room playing video games all the time, and his parents thought he was crazy, and he was wasting his life, and he actually competed in the video game Olympics and came in first place and won $3 million. Oh my God. Yeah. So, and, and that's, uh, that was his passion. And when we watched how he played, it was so, I don't know how a person can play that fast and do that much, but now he's, uh, he's going to study something in college and whatever, but, but if your child is, is passionate about anything, dominoes, uh, video games, acting, dancing, racing, whatever, you never know what your child can become, but they need to know that uh, that they have your back and that you love them and support them, yeah, and not judge them. And you can't you can't make them you. you. You make judgments on oh yeah, you need to go to college, you need to be this, you need to be that. I want you to be a doctor. That's what you want, but that's not what your child wants. Yeah. So. Or you think there's no way you're going to be able to make $3 million playing video games, but you don't know what the world is going to become and you don't know what their passion or where their passion is going to take them. Mm-hmm. Very well said to me, cause I was in the gifted and talented class and I'm, you know, I've always been pretty intelligent when I apply myself. Um, but you could have said to me, no, you're not going to be a, a dancer or an actress or an artist. You're going to go to, you're going to go, which you, I know you really tried, go to a four-year college, get a degree, you're going to have a secure job, you're not going to do this. And to think if you had been rigid with that, I, you would have never seen me star on Broadway. You would have never. Absolutely, yeah. You would have never seen me kiss Tom Selleck on TV. You, <laughs> yes. Whatever, you know, the, the moments that you have where I've only had a few of them of watching um, watching my boys perform or, or do something that they love, you know, that, that, that shining look on their face and like the, 
the fact that you and dad got to come to New York and see, see me uh, right after 9-11, actually, see me as Peggy Sawyer on Broadway and see me star on Broadway. Mm -hmm. um, there's a difference with starring in a show because you'd seen me star in some national tours before that. But what was that like to, to go with your mom and everybody to come out and see 42nd Street? Well, everybody but Grandma Patterson, but we, yes, it, it was, um, it was surreal. Um, I mean, just, I, I couldn't have been more proud of you than, uh, you know, I mean, words can't even say. Um, you had um, achieved your dream. You said you were going to be on Broadway before you were 25, or by the time you were 25. and um, and you were, and I'll always remember um, when we were waiting, the, the last time uh, that we were there and my mom was in, in a wheel, sitting in a wheelchair in the lobby and she was watching the teleprompter that they had in the lobby. And um, the, the doorman who was you know, guarding the doors came up and talked to her and he, he said, uh, um, or she said to him, um, that's my granddaughter, uh, Meredith Patterson. And he, he said, well, why are you sitting out here? And he opened up the doors and pushed her inside uh, so she could watch the rest of the show. It was, I think it was when you were dancing on the piano or something. Yeah. And uh, there was still half the show left. But To meet, um, meet me for dinner or something. And yeah, my mom was, yeah. was extremely proud of you. And I think... I think somewhere I, I picked up that love of, of musical theater and theater from her. Um, and, but I, I don't remember, you know, when it started at, at all, but I know we used, she used to take us to um, uh, some little small theater group in Point Richmond. And the first play I ever saw was Three Men and a Horse. Okay. And it was a comedy. And I mean, it was on Broadway like 50 years ago, I think, or something. And uh, they should revive it. But anyway, yeah, my mom has always, always loved theater. And she was, you know, she, um, I remember her saying to me uh, that she didn't think that being a dancer was a proper uh, thing for a girl to do. And really? I, and I think she was, I, oh, I know when she said that to me, it was when she came to see 42nd Street, she said she never knew that, that being a dancer could be such an amazing thing. And I think that's where, where you know, I, I don't know if she, if she was trying to explain why she took you out of dancing, but I don't think she ever really understood um, the heights of what you could do with live performance. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Didn't recognize it in you or she didn't have the time because like you said earlier, uh, your dad was sick and, um, and what, what that meant is that, you know, your dad had Huntington's disease and, and, um, my grandfather was put in a home and my, and my grandmother had to look after two kids and, and didn't have, um, I think the ability financially maybe to, to keep you in, in the arts because it's not really, you know, it's very expensive. It's not really uh, supported in communities as much as it should be. Um, but I, I, I know that grandma 
when she said that to me, she didn't know, it wasn't even an insult to dancers. I think it's that she didn't know that it was a real career. And I think a lot of, a lot of uh, parents maybe of, of that generation didn't really understand or wasn't influenced in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, boy, you, you and dad made up for that uh, with your parenting of me and all the, and I think about all the people that I have influenced and I would have never been able to do that had it not been for you guys, you know, support, always like always supporting me. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we know we never would have had the opportunity to go to Moscow if it hadn't been for you. Yeah. So. A lot of things that you guys have been able to do. And, and I know that going back to grandma, I know that grandma helped to pay for a lot of my dance classes, which I didn't know for, I didn't know until later in life um, that she had, she was always somebody who was so tremendously supportive and there for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, in, you know, in giving advice to, to parents out there, I think having them pay attention to their kids' passion. And what if they're, you know, what if there are kids out there who their parents aren't supporting them, you know? Uh, they, they need to find a mentor that, um, that will help them feel good about what they're doing and, and how they're feeling. I mean, it's um, uh, children and uh, people can rise above how their parents treat them. Uh, if they have the the character and the spirit and the will to to do it, yeah. I mean, there are some artists that are very famous and and very rich that had um, extremely uh, poor childhoods and um, and poor treatment, you know. Yeah. Um, but they they always had the heart and the passion and knew what they wanted. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I, um, I, I know that there's, I mean, I, I, I love this being able to talk to you about your, your life, my life, because a lot of people don't get this time with their parents and they don't get to talk and hear their story. And, um, there's so much more to it. I know. I mean, there's so many, so much more to, um, you observing all the things I went through in my career and your own life and, I mean, I could, I, I think you need to have your own podcast, mom. <laughs> oh, really? What, Mama Bear. what would I have a podcast about? Mama Bear is her nickname. Well, that's, <laughs> is now your nickname, but Mama Bear could be, could be. Exactly. But um, Mama Bear's podcast. Okay. Mama Bear's <laughs> podcast. But I love you and I wouldn't be able to be, um, see now, now I'm going to cry. It's time. It's my time. I wouldn't be the person I am without you. Well, I love you too, and I just hope uh, that everything goes well for your move, and that you guys are happy up there. In we're now, you know, it's the 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 pandemic has <laughs> the pandemic has done a lot to um, displace a lot of artists and a lot of actors, and including us. But um, and I thank God for watching over you that you, you all didn't have a bad case of COVID. It was just, um, I sat and bawled for five minutes straight when I heard you were sick. I know. And, and the boys were sick. And, I, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, you know, I talk about this 
on this podcast. There's a lot of people who have passed away because of this. And there's a lot of um, careers that are ending. There's a lot of uh, displacement of, I'm just talking about artists specifically, but um, a lot of families that are apart, you know, and uh, oh, yep. we, we are, we are lucky. We are lucky that, you know, we have seen, we have seen, um, that was my dad, by the way, if you heard that, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> you can't ignore that. <laughs> um, we will get entertained by my dad in the next, the next week's episode. But uh, there, there is a lot of uh, families that are displaced during this time, but there's also a lot of connection that's happening. And I, um, I'm just grateful for this time with you, mom. I love you more than anything and mm-hmm. happy birthday week. And um, I hope that, I hope that the listeners have learned something about not only how awesome you are, but how, how great of a mom you've been to me. Okay. Well, you can, <laughs> so, so we don't cry anymore. Let's <laughs> well, my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love you. And um, thank you for being on my podcast. I love you too. And uh yeah, it was enjoyable just talking over um, memories. Just yeah. Sometimes I need things to trigger um, those memories. Yeah. Hula dance, so. your go-go boot days. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. Mm. <laughs> All right, mom. Okay. Love you. Love you. Bye. To support this podcast or make a donation, please visit confessionsofanactress.com and be sure to follow us on social media at Confessions of an Actress on Instagram. I would love, love, love to hear from you. If you want to leave me a voice message, you can do that at anchor.fm slash confessions of an actress. And remember, have vision for what you want and be grateful for where you are right now. Thank you for listening, everybody.